0: 971 FM talk on demand audio. Uh,
1: Charles Lipson is here, professor emeritus of political science at the university of Chicago. A great guest of this program, Mr. Lipson, happy Monday. How are you? I'm doing good. And I, I too am not running as a third
2: party candidate.
1: I'm glad you clarified that. What, what is yeah. she still doing now? Look, she took a, a bit of a hit, not only with the loss in South Carolina, but the Koch brothers pulled some money away. I heard too, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I think she can't make it any further than, uh, than Super Tuesday because she'll be out of money. But I I, I think it, it's hard to know exactly what she's thinking. But I keep being reminded of those old cartoons where uh, where the Roadrunner uh, uh, is uh, where Wally Coyote runs right off the cliff but hasn't fallen until he looks down and realizes there's nothing under him. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But I would say this. If Trump doesn't win, and there is always a chance because there are a lot of people who argue he has a hard ceiling uh, of how many people will vote for him. If he doesn't win, the Republican Party will have lost basically in 2018, 2020, 2022, 2023. And if they lose in 2024, the party will blow up. And then she'll be the leader, I suspect, of one faction that'll be fighting for control yeah, of the party.
1: One faction, but that would be—you know—the the thing about—and I think personally, she's a very likable um, woman. There's no doubt about it. She's not; she doesn't have the Hillary issue. Let's face it, right? But That's I just—my right. my issue with Nikki is she just doesn't seem to be on the same page with where most of the bases at this point. Well, that's a
2: key point, I think you're making, Mark. And, and it's a point in this article that I wrote for The Spectator, which is that Trump transformed the party's activist base. And that's who votes in the primary. The The base of the party used to be center-right with a lot of uh, support for free trade and international alliances. Trump fundamentally uh, led the party toward populism and nationalism, That's a very different party. And I I think it's not just a problem for uh, Nikki Haley. I think there'll be questions about how committed to that agenda Tim Scott may be if people mention him for vice president. He's certainly one of the leading candidates. The problem is you get to Washington, there's a huge amount of pressure on you from the establishment, and the Republican base doesn't want to see people caving to
1: that. Here's um, Trump, by the way. We're going to be up here on November 5th and we're going to look at Joe Biden and we're going to look him right in the eye. He's destroying our country and we're going to say, Joe, you're fired. Get out. Get out, Joe. You're fired. (laughs) So obviously a lot of energy from the uh, president. Look, a lot of things fall on his way, Charles. We keep talking about this stuff. I'm sure you paid attention to the uh, the big you know, bombshell on Friday with the cell records with Fonnie Willis and her boyfriend. That's going to change the dynamic of that case. Trump knows it. His team knows it. They're going to get a disqualification. I don't know if the trial will be, you know, tossed out or the case tossed out, but there's so many things going his way right now that there's nothing that can stop him.
2: Uh, I think there are a lot of things that are going his way, but there are also plenty of things that can stop him in the general election. Oh, in the general I
1: election, stuff- I agree. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah.
2: Nothing will stop him from getting the nomination. It's his party, and uh, nothing could be clearer than that. When he endorses you in the primary, you win. When he uh, refuses to endorse you, you lose. He doesn't control the Senate. It's not just that the uh, uh, Democrats still control by a single vote, but it's also that there are a lot of Republicans in the Senate who are not essentially uh, Trump Republicans. You noticed that. Uh, The number two Senate person uh, on the Republican side, John Thune, just endorsed Trump today. He didn't endorse him weeks ago or months ago. He endorsed him today. And I think that that tells you that there's a lot of reticence in in the Senate. They know that uh, with Trump at the head of the party, they should have carried the Senate before, but they didn't.
1: Charles Lipson here from the University of Chicago. How would you handicap this situation in the presidential race with Ukraine? And I'll use myself as an example, because I I certainly have concern about Russian influence, Putin. But I've had it with all this money with no accountability going to Ukraine and to other countries as well. So I kind of side with Trump on that. Nikki Haley's in a different camp. And, you know, there are people out there, even Republicans, who are trying to lay claim to just somebody like me or, or anyone else out there that has issues with sending all this money, billions and billions to Ukraine, that somehow we're, you know, Putin enablers in all that, which is a bunch of nonsense. But that's that's an issue with working class people that is not in favor of Nikki Haley or the Democrats position right now, I would say. It's amazing how Trump
2: has managed to uh, feel uh, that sentiment in the country. He's encouraged it, to be sure. But he's also uh, managed to capture something that was already there. I think that the uh, Biden administration has moved incredibly slowly when they had the support for the war. They never really wanted to win it. They just didn't want to lose it. And, uh, and it's not clear that there's been uh, uh, much accountability for the money, although I must say that uh, a vast, vast majority of the money is spent within the United States uh, on military production. Now, that's not to say that that money couldn't go to Uh, funding other things uh, or tax cuts or or the like. But I know that there's a lot of resistance to it. By the way, the counterclaim is that uh, if we don't do anything uh, to stop uh, Putin now, uh, he will uh, cost us more money and challenge us more later. So uh
1: there's a there's I understand a that that's always yeah that's always the counterclaim I'm more suspicious of that counterclaim than I've ever been before especially when when the counterclaim includes almost a guarantee that if this because I I I think maybe I'd feel differently if it looked like Ukraine could win this whole thing and I'm not sure they can but the claim that well if Ukraine falls then you know a NATO country is next ah, I don't think we can make that leap right does it become maybe more risky? Yes. But these claims and the counterclaims kind of are wearing on me, Charles, I guess is my point. That's
2: totally reasonable. And I would I would add one thing on the sort of partisan dimension. I think that Joe Biden is one of the last of the cold warriors on the Democratic side. There's a lot of opposition there uh, to what he he's doing. And it's not just from uh, AOC and the squad. I think that a lot of progressives want all the money spent at home. I think the big problem on the Democratic side, uh, besides the fact that uh, Joe Biden, uh, I think there are two problems. One is that Joe Biden's uh, decline is just obvious, and nobody uh, wants Kamala Harris to be president of the United States. That's one problem. And the second problem is immigration. I just think that that immigration and crime are Closely tied together. And when I saw uh, the murder in Georgia over the weekend, uh, attributable to uh, an illegal immigrant who had been jailed before, I just think this is disaster. Tell me that's not going to happen more often.
1: Right. Absolutely. Charles, always great to have you on. Thank you so much. You have a great Uh, week, Charles. You too, Mark. All
0: right. Take care. Get more at 971talk.com.